All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski, Denver Desert Dog. Uh, joining me tonight, Shane Stein from Take Your Ball and Go Home. Hey, it's good to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. How are things in uh, T-Bagville? Hey, we're doing one. <laughs> I'm excited about the start that we're You are eight and one so far in fantasy football leagues this year. Yeah, we meet. It's all matter. Sorry, I asked if you're eight and one in fantasy football leagues this year, correct? I am eight and one to start the year in my three leagues, yeah. Do you want to say who your one loss is to? My one loss is to the hammer, Kevin Butler, week one. Fucking. How do you feel about Kevin's team? Fucking awful. <laughs> but Butler's team, the hammer is basically my team from last year. Um, I, I know exactly what he's going through. It's like stacked receiving core and just nothing else. <laughs> yeah, so it's frustrating. All right. For that to be my only loss. Also joining us tonight from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. Great to be back. Th- th- thanks for the invite, and I am uh, I'm amazed, frankly, by the amount of <clears throat> success T-Bag has had when he finally did some kind of prep work for a draft, and it's great to see some running backs drafted. It's just team solid. The record shows it, so con- congrats to T-Bag so far. I always say you want to start every – fantasy season with a good tea bag. So congrats to his team. And uh, <laughs> I, I look forward to the rest of the year. Thanks for having me on. No problem. And tea bag keeps getting a little deeper. I mean, richer. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Jones now the lead back after Jamal Williams got his head smashed together by two helmets. So, um, so Aaron Jones, big- you're saying Aaron Jones wasn't the lead back before that happened? I don't think he was. Stop. What? I I think I mean Jamal Williams got the first look of the night, right? Oh like my God. Get him with another deep tea bag. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, we need to talk about the waiver wire. Um two big acquisitions on the waiver wire this week. Actually I'd say maybe four big acquisitions. So um the biggest Wayne Gallman, $57 to the Fleetwood franchise. Uh, I don't think anyone was shocked to see that Gallman ended up on the franchise after they lost their feature player, Saquon Barkley, last week to a four- to eight-week high ankle sprain injury. Everyone knew that Ty had to go out and replace that because the next best running back on his roster is Kenyon Drake, so not a lot of running back depth to replace Saquon. Uh, $57 is the price. How do you guys feel about it? Shane, I think you were second bid on that. Yeah, what did I put in there? 20, 28, something like that? Yeah, it was about half. Yeah. Um, Ty didn't really have a choice. He kind of had to do this. He had to go out and get Gallman. Um, I'm okay with the price. I mean, I, I don't I, – I think he just had to do whatever he had to, to to get him. He needed that running back. If he doesn't get Gallman, even – I mean, Gallman, even if Gallman's only a, a flex two play, I mean, he really – he needed him. So, yeah. and there's there's not much to it. It had to be him. I've got three names for you folks. Chase Edmonds, Gus Edwards, Justin Jackson. 
Those are the three options he had if he did not get Gallman. So the $57 bid, I'm actually surprised that it was that low because I, I debated going back and forth with the $60 bid over Gallman just so – and it makes sense for a lot of reasons, right? I I don't love his talent. He's not a spectacular player. Nobody's going to keep this guy, but playing him right now, he, 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 he needs a guy. It's a Giants offense that looks a heck of a lot better after last week with Daniel Jones, and they've been doing a lot better blocking the run than they have in years past. To me, I, I, I 100% understand it. 57, I actually think, is a good value, all things considered. I know I know how crazy it sounds. I think it's a good value, all things considered. It's, it, it's what he had it to. That being said, it's... This team needs some more firepower. So if if, if they want to they want to compete this week specifically with my team, I I, I think a, a trade is definitely something that they're going to need to do. If they want to compete with your team this week, he needs to go out and make a trade before Sunday. That's what you're saying. I have a better player at every single position. That that, that might not mean a whole lot in fantasy. Like I could I could definitely lose, but. I go quarterback, running back one, running back two, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, tight end. Tight end is the first position where I'm like, I can go either way. The other straight five positions, I am hands down the better play, not only in better players, but matchups this week. I'll take Gallman over Mixon this week. Oh my God. Let's, 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 all right, let's get nuts. <laughs> oh, wait, never mind. They're playing the Steelers. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't say that. Okay. Thank Wait, you. So, um, you, so you're saying you you like OJ Howard as much as you like one of his tight ends? <laughs> well, I, I was I was looking specifically at the Ingram line. Kelsey, <laughs> I mean Kelsey's awesome, but has he performed like by far the best tight end one this season? I, I don't I don't know if that's the case. Saying you know what this means, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> Franchise big this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Franchise and it's not close. Um, all right, let's keep moving. I, I agree. If he doesn't if he doesn't get Gallman there, his season's essentially over. So he needed to go get Gallman, um, do whatever he had to do. And I think, you know, you're just hoping for ten points out of him per game. If you do that, he's happy. Um, Phil Dorsett and Marquez Valdez Scantling go for $19 and $17 respectively to the Storms brothers each. So not only does Ty spend 57 on Gallman goes out and gets Scantling for 17 as well. It's a great matchup tonight for MVS and the Packers receiving core against a, um, Swiss cheese Eagles secondary. So I like the Scantling ad, not a lot of love for the Dorsett ad, um, I just don't see any week where you could start Phil Dorsett and feel good about it. Yeah. Um, I guess Mick banking on Edelman maybe being hurt this week. It doesn't um, matter. Yeah. James James White would be back, so Edelman's still out there then. Yeah. Um, I mean, I picked Dorsett up in our other league, but it's a little bit of a deeper league. Yeah. Um in this in this league, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I kind of feel a little skeptical about throwing Dorset out there in my lineup. I think as well. I think I don't know. Did I have a bid? I think I might, I might actually have like a dollar bid on him, something like that. I feel like I had a little something on Dorset. 
I was I was intrigued, but he needs to be owned. But I don't I don't understand the nineteen dollars. Yeah. Um, the well, Valdez Scantling I thought was a, I mean I thought that this is as good as a matchup as you're going to get to play him. So I felt yeah. like he had to be picked up for this week. I mean, what what don't you guys like about Dorset? Let me ask that. I don't like the matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like them going into Buffalo. Buffalo's got a really good defense. I think Buffalo's really well coached. And I just don't see Dorsett being a target hog. So you're hoping that he hits on one. So it's it's not as much as you don't like Philip Dorsett. It's you don't like Philip Dorsett this week. No, I don't like Philip Dorsett. And regardless of the matchup, he's still not going to get a bunch of targets. So you're hoping that he catches a touchdown. So I'd much just rather have White, Edelman, Gordon, or Burkhead. Yeah. No, I mean I I asked because he's had so much success this season, and it's it's, it's tough to, in my eyes, it's it, it's tough to argue with it. He's, he's got what three? I'm looking three touchdowns this this year already on 14 targets. Yeah. Three touchdowns, 187 yards through three games. They've also played three of the shittiest teams in the NFL this year. So I think they're going to make a lot of teams look shitty this year. I don't think this week's one of them. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they lost this week. Me neither. I said before the year Buffalo was going to get one. I think it might be this one. Yeah, at Buffalo, it's Bills Mafia is going to be on full force. I. This is one of the games where. All right, if you were to look and say, hey, they're, they're going to go undefeated this season, where are the few games that they might lose? Buffalo is I, – I, I agree. It, it, it's one of those. I don't like it. I don't like playing Josh Gordon this week on my team. But at the same time, Dorsett has shown he's earned Tom Brady's trust. He's getting five targets a game from Brady. That's worth something substantial. It's not a wide receiver too. But flex-worthy, flex one, flex two – Low ceiling, or I mean, low floor. Why? Why not throw them out there? I, I I like it. All right, one more waiver wire discussion before we get into trivia. Um, someone today spent a guap on Terry Cohen. Uh, Cohen got dropped yesterday for Matt Stafford for the Bull Weevils, and Cohen definitely an ownable player. Um, I could have seen. You know, we talked about the franchise needing a running back, Butler needing a running back. Both those teams, it would have made sense, I think, to go out and make this bid. But it wasn't them. It was you, Phil. So explain yourself. Sure. Um, You look at my running backs, James Conner, Joe Mixon. Both of those guys have already been week to week with some injuries. Now I know they've played all three games so far, but – my depth on my bench are all guys that I thought would have a role early on, but they haven't, and they're just handcuffs as of now. So I'm, I'm kind of doing a wait-and-see approach with Murray and, and Malcolm Brown. Um, I'd really need a guy to, to fill into those spots in case one of those guys gets injured. And if they don't get injured, I have a week seven bye where both of them are going to miss time and I'm going to need to fill in a back. And, and, and that was a little bit about my, my mindset around Cohen. Cohen was – he. I mean, he was a guy on, on draft day I really wanted. I just didn't have the fire – I didn't have the firepower for. He was a running back one last year. He was, a, he, he was a top 15 running back. This isn't a guy that 
is just like, uh, hey, we had a, a few good games. He's obviously struggled early in the season. I I think there's going to be some upside in that in that Bears offense. I I, I love him. I don't think last year was a fluke, and, and, and that's why I went and I spent the money. And I spent that much because, look, those, those teams that you mentioned, they need running backs. I wanted to get them and, and, and make sure that there wasn't a chance that he was going to go to somebody else. And, and I got the depth. I got the running back position, whereas the rest of my bench is all good wide receivers. It, it was just a position that I, I really wanted to fill. All right. Well, with that being said, Shane, let's get into trivia. All right. Uh, I have two questions here for you tonight. Um, we'll see, see how you guys do with them. I don't think they're that, that great. I don't know if they're that tough, but um, Frank Gore is, as long as he stays healthy, is going to pass Barry Sanders on the all-time rushing yards list probably here in, in at some point this year. He's only 200, uh, 300 yards behind him roughly. Um, I'm wondering, there are only 11 other active players who have even more than 4,000 yards. Gore has 14,912. <laughs> there are only 11 other players with at least 4,000 rushing yards active. I'm wondering if you guys can name them. LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy is third with 10,764 yards. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is 11th with 4,750 yards rushing. So that that is 11th, including Gore. So Gore's number one. Okay. So there's 11 more. So I'm giving the actual one. So there's one more behind Gurley. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is seventh overall. Active 5,499. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, second, 13,380. How about Mark Ingram? Is he on there? Mark Ingram is fourth, 6,264 yards. Um, this might be a bad guess, but you said there was one player behind Gurley? Correct. I think that's Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is not. He is 16th, I believe. How about, oh, man. Gordon's really not on there? Hmm. <laughs> Melvin Gordon is 16th right now. 36-28. So, you, just, you want me to yeah, keep going? Yeah, no. Just can, can you repeat the question one more time? It's the 11 players that have over 4,000 rushing yards. Yes, active. Hmm. I'm trying to think of what what year Zeke got drafted. I feel like Zeke only been in the year for he's been in the league for three years. Um, I'm not going to say him. This is his fourth year. Yeah, that's what I thought. Cos, if you want to go again after your wrong guess, go ahead. Yeah, Cameron Newton. Cam Newton is tenth, four thousand eight hundred and six yards. Good guess. 
There's always a reason. Yes. <laughs> you know I love bringing up Cam Newton rushing trivia questions. It gets pretty tough from here. Um, not all of these guys are are on a team currently. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I thought you said they were active. They are they active. They have not retired from football. All right, Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles is not on the list. He's not active. He's retired. How about LeGarrette Blunt? What, what the hell is the difference between not being on a team and retired? That, that's dumb. LeGarrette Blunt is not on the list. CJ right. Anderson. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, yes, how, how am I supposed to find the guys that are <laughs> cut by a team that have not yet officially retired? CJ Anderson is 18th, 3,497 yards. What about Carlos Hyde? Carlos Hyde is 19th, 3,492. Michael Vick. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There are two more players that are on active team right now. Um, And then there are three free agents that were on a team at some point, I believe, this year. But all all got cut. I'm, I'm sorry, repeat that again? Doug Martin. Doug Martin oh. is on the list. 5,356. Stop He's jumping, eighth. man. You just said Michael Vick. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch is retired. Like, okay. Um, is Darren Sproles on this list? Darren Sproles is... Number 17. You're all around it, buddy. Wow. Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray is number 14. 3,750. Guy's a stud. He's going to get more carries. I I wonder if Zeke is on this list. I'm going to say Zeke. Zeke is number 12. 4,337. What number was Doug Martin? You didn't give us Doug that Martin number. was number eight. Okay. There's only one more player that's on a team. And there's two that are free agents. When you say free agent, what, what does that mean exactly? It means they're not on a team currently. Well, all right, Barry Sanders. <laughs> oh All right, I'm going to give you guys one more. Yes. Yeah, help yeah. us out. I'm going to give you guys. It's Alfred Morris, 5,931. He's fifth. He's on Ooh, the Cowboys. That's a good one. That was a good one. Uh, he, is he currently still on the Cowboys? I think he's a free agent. They cut him. Oh, is he? Okay. Sorry. Uh, Chris Ivory is ninth. He was on the oh, Jets. That's a good one. And then Lamar Miller is sixth, 5,864. Holy shit. That's great. Yeah. So I, I never want to criticize the trivia guy, but in the future, why don't you just limit it to the number of players that are on NFL teams at this very moment? You got it. I don't want to criticize the trivia guy, but I'm going to anyway. Noted. Noted. Well, it, it, it's a, it's tough to differentiate guys that have been released and are looking to sign <laughs> You're versus You're right. guys that have retired. You're right. Yeah, I mean, you didn't even know who Hollywood Brown was at the draft, so how would you know <laughs> these guys? So, I'm not. I mean, objection relevance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, second question. All right, second question, real quick. 
Let's get some Tom Brady trivia in here. No, no pressure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for – Tom Brady has beaten – 11 of the 15 other AFC teams in the playoffs. I'm looking for the four teams he has not beaten. Browns. Correct. Uh, Bengals. Correct. Oh man, Phil, Phil, has, Phil, has he beaten the Steelers in the playoffs? Um, it's tough. I might throw them out. I don't know. Hold on. Let me let me let me go because I'm I'm thinking about the Ra- No, he beat the Raiders. That was a tough game. Um, uh, hmm. It might be Steelers, but I'm not gonna say that yet. <laughs> Texans. I feel like. Oh. I feel like they rolled out some third string. All right, I'll, I'll say Texans. No, they beat them. Incorrect. Uh, He's beaten them twice. The, the Bills. Bills are correct. And I know the other one, but I'll give Phil a chance. Throw the Jets. No, He's, they beat. He's beaten the Jets. But he has not beaten the Dolphins. He has not beaten the Dolphins because he has never played any of those four teams. Correct. <laughs> wait, what, what, wait, wait, when did he play the Jets? Or what, what Mark you, Sanchez. What, Mark Sanchez. He also San- beat them early in his career. But Sanchez in beat them. No, he beat them 37-21 in, in, uh, back in, I think it was like 05. Okay. I wouldn't lie to you, Phil. No, I, no. Good question. That was a good one. I like that one. I'm not going to trash you, but that was a good one. Okay. I thought you were going to ask us for the active quarterbacks that he's beaten in the playoffs, and I was going to wait for Phil to say Dan Marino. Oh, that would be a good one. <laughs> it was uh, 06, Phil. He beat uh, the Jets 37-16. to 16. I don't remember that one for some reason. It was the year they lost to the big AFC title game to Indy, the really exciting one where they were up big. Oh, yeah. There, there, there were some really good games between Peyton and, and Tom. Yeah. And the new Peyton and Tom is Lamar and Pat. But, all right, let's get into the week four matchups. Um, we had a really close game last week. You guys see that? I did. Yeah. Desert Dogs, we're back. All right, anyway, Seawolves versus Franchise, first game of the week. We'll start off with the Seawolves. Uh, we briefly kind of talked about this, but you guys feel like Josh Gordon is a good start this week at Buffalo. I do. Um, I think the Patriots are going to have to throw the ball to, to be successful this week. And Well, they can't run it. So, Yeah. I think the Bills' run defense is really good. I, I don't know that the Patriots are going to be able to run against them. They're going to have to throw the ball. and th- I think there's a good chance that they might be behind in this game. Um, so, yeah, I, think, I like Gordon to, to have a nice week, solid week. So, I mean – he, he he's on my team. He's been pretty good so far this year. He's one of those guys that's so talented. It feels like any week could be his three touchdown, forty point week. 
this one's probably not one of those, but it's also a week in which I think Tom is going to go to him a lot and, and get a lot of possessions for not touchdowns, but mid range. Like I, I could see this being like a seven reception, 89 yard week from, from, from Josh. And to me, his floor is so low that I, I that's why I have him in the starting lineup. I think he's going to be there. I think he's a decent start this week. He would be my favorite. Well, if Edelman's out, he's obviously my favorite Patriot pass catcher um, in this game. Edelman practiced. He looks good to go. Yeah. Well, then he's my second favorite. Edelman's always my favorite Patriot pass catcher. So, by the way, Shane, Devontae Adams, um, he's going to have, 700 receiving yards tonight. Yeah, so. there's there's just no stopping. It was. <laughs> Did um, he have a touchdown? No, no, Jones had it. Luckily, to keep nice salvage it. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be ugly. All right, are you guys at all concerned with Travis Kelsey? Um, he doesn't seem. You know, when Tyreek Hill went out, I got. I need to explain this because obviously we're not concerned with Travis Kelsey, but. This uh, Chiefs offense seems to be much more deep ball, quick strike. Um, when Tyree Kill went out, I think we all kind of thought Kelsey would just eat up targets for them. Uh, it doesn't seem to be the case. Mahomes is just throwing passes deeper than he did with Hill in the field. So, <laughs> are, are we at all concerned with Kelsey? Um, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. He's still putting up great numbers. Um <laughs> He's averaging what, fifteen points a week. His his last two weeks, seven receptions, one hundred and seven yards, and a touchdown. Seven receptions, eighty nine yards. And I'm dis and you and you're slightly disappointed, like <laughs> and, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. I'm not I'm not concerned at all. It's gonna be a, another, at worst, top three tight end year for Travis Kelsey. Well, that was going to be my follow-up. Do we feel like he leaps and bounds ahead of the tight other tight ends still? A hundred percent, he leaps and bounds better. I have concerns with him in the flex spot, but as a tight end, for sure, you're getting an advantage every single week. Flex spot, you're probably also getting an advantage. It's just not what it is tight end versus tight end. Okay. Correct. Who wins? Seawolves versus Franchise. Cause what, what I mean, what, what's your take on Kelsey? No, I just don't think. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't. Concerned is an awful word. That was a really poorly worded question. Um, but I just don't feel like concerned is the is the right word just because of how much we value. Like everybody values him. He he's so good that a 21 and a 14 point effort in back to back weeks is like wait wait a second. You know, yeah. like he—he's that good that you wonder, like, oh, that floor—it's got to be higher, right? No, and I guess my thing is, I'm running Darren Waller out there at tight end, and if I'm going up against Ty this week, I don't feel like I've lost the tight end position. No, well, so. I mean Waller's solid. Like he—he he is the winner of the streaming late round options. Yeah, but for mo- most guys in the league, when you roll him out versus everybody else, you feel like you have at least a five-point advantage at that tight end position. Yeah. All right, who wins? Seawolves versus Franchise. Mm, This one's going to be close. Uh, 
I think I'll take the Wolves. Close. I, I, I don't. I don't. Look, not, not, nothing against Tyler. I just, I love my team, especially the matchups with coming down Monday night. I've got Bengals and a ton of Steelers. I, I, I love my team this week. I, I, I think I win comfortably. And I'm just going to take the franchise because the way Phil's talking, that doesn't ever work out for anybody. So <laughs> you, you literally pick your team every single week. What are you talking about? Well, that's a little different. Got, got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yep. That makes sense. There's no reason not to over here. All right. All right. Let's get to the Bull Weevils versus the Steel Curtain. Um, plus, I try to sell it. You're not even trying to sell it. You're what? just flat out talking about you're going to steamroll this dude. All right. All right. Let's get into the next one. Bull Weevils versus Curtain. Um. Bowl sitting there. Is he the only 0-3 team? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, Bowl's the only 0-3 team. Must win for him this week. Fully expect some uh, selling if he loses this week. Loser leaves town matchup. Not a loser leaves town. Steel Curtain's still good. Tough luck sitting at 1-2. But is Bowl planning on playing a tight end this week? What do you guys think? <laughs> we, yeah, we got to work on the engagement a little bit. That's okay, though. He, in all fairness, he had a bid for Disley. Uh, didn't get him. I don't know if he had a bid in this today. Um, he may not have realized that he didn't get Disley yet. Um, I would say that since he had a claim in for Disley, yes, he is planning on. <laughs> Thanks for always answering the question, Shane. You're welcome, buddy. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is. He'll he'll get rid of. Uh, I'm guessing Jeff Wilson Jr. He's yeah. He's he, he's a prime candidate to get Jason Witten into that slot. Jason Witten's still out there. Go for it, buddy. Yeah, it's just interesting. You know, you don't think about stuff like this, but we go to the new waiver format. You know, you can, you may sit there and kind of mess around and not put your bids in, but you got to have something done before noon on Sunday or you're in trouble or you're starting CJ Uzuma. Yeah. You're, you're getting a $5 uh, draft cash penalty on your team. Yes. yes. I'll be honest. I, I, I know we've spoken about this. Uh, I, maybe I'm the only one, but I hate the new waiver format. I think it sucks. You I are. The only, yeah. I think everyone really likes it. You are the only, I one. just hate the it's fact awesome. that like now I have to put in like so many claims to like get a player. Wait, like, why? Why do you have to put in so many? Like, are you still to make putting sure in thirty that I claims someone, every week? I have to put in. I have to put in so many claims. Like, you have five to, days of claims. You have know, Wednesday, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You have to put in. Like, it's just so exhausting that I have to put in like five claims every day to like. I'm gonna try make to pick you a, up a pamphlet. Player. I'm gonna make you a pamphlet <laughs> of how to pick players up, and we're gonna say this together. What? Like I don't understand what what you guys don't understand that what I'm saying. Like I have to put in a bunch of claims to ensure that I get a player. I put in one claim today and I got Tariq Cohen. Yeah, well you paid twenty eight dollars for him. Like, but if you put in one claim today and you didn't get that guy, why couldn't you put a claim in tomorrow? Exactly. Dude, I I could. I mean, there's still no no guarantee that I get him. 
There's no guarantee you get one of the seventeen zero dollar bids you put in. I, I, <laughs> plus, look at what's out there. It's horrible. I agree. I just want to pick up a player today. Yeah, yeah. Who do you need? Who, who do you need that's out there? <laughs> I don't know. Look, I just look hate at- the fact that when you're going to need someone, like it takes forever. Like there's a chance that you have, you have to put like so many bids in if you want to guarantee that you get somebody. If you want to feel good about your life, go go out and look at the running backs available on the waiver wire right now. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Um, all right. For the curtain, can Dalvin Cook keep it up this week? A tough matchup at Chicago. Mm, yes, but I think it's only like a 12-point week. That's not keeping it up. <laughs> Double digits is keeping it up for me. He's the number one running back in the league right now. I know. Uh, I think I think it's like he, he's a, he's like a twelve point week. It's going to be cut in half, but he's still going to be a double digit guy. He gets in the end zone once. No, I, I I still think he gets twenty. I mean, he's uh, look re- rest of season. I like Dalvin Cook better than anybody else. It, it, it's a matter of if he stays healthy. And I know that Bears defense is phenomenal. They they showed that against the, the Redskins again on Monday night, unfortunately, and we all had to watch that. But the Vikings have made it a priority. They're like, hey, we're we're just gonna run the ball. I I, I think he can still get it done. He he's that good and it was a hundred percent the right play to keep him, obviously, at this point. I think he's that good that he he's still able to get it done against a great defense. I think Cook's phenomenal this season. I don't like him this matchup. I think, if the, you know, I think this game could be under 30 points. Like, I just think this is going to be two teams that can't move the football against each other because both their quarterbacks stink. And uh, I agree, Phil, about – the only concern I have with Cook is he is very much injury-prone and they are just abusing him. And I just don't think that's going to be good long-term for that dude. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean that, that 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 that's an obvious concern. But they also have him on a rookie deal, right? So if he can stand this season and stay healthy the whole year, they're going to sign him to a bigger contract. Not what Melvin Gordon's looking for, or what whatever Le'Veon Bell tried to hold out for, but they'll they'll make him a priority. He he he's shown that he's he's a complete game changer. He's on pace for like 320, 330 touches this year. Yeah. That's a big number. All right. Who wins Weevils versus Curtin? Give me – give me the Weevils. Ooh. You know, I've – I've seen some places where Diggs is actually available on the waiver wire and, and, and people are coming off of them. But if the Bears' defense is that good, I can see Diggs getting some targets this week. Give me the Weevils too, but it's it's going to be really close. I'm going to take the Weevils as well. I don't like doing it, but there's just some bad matchups on, that, on the curtain side of the ledger there. Um, Freeman, Montgomery, and Cook all with tough, and Peyton Barber all with tough matchups. 
And yes, I have Diggs in one league, and I'm trying to trade him for literally anything. I think I think Barber's lost his job. I I think it's Ronald Jones is moving forward. It, they said they're just playing the hot hand. That's all. That, I mean, that's rang true. That whoever seems to rip off the first decent run of the game just gets the gets the touches. The rest of it, it's really really poor. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I throw Jarvis Landry in there, and I don't start Peyton Barber, but. That's just me. I consider Metcalf too. This is a juicy one for him this week. It is. Um. Yeah. I'm really disappointed just in Bruce Arians' coaching. I, I thought he was really good, and I don't know what he's doing there. I, I think the Tampa Bay stink has gotten to him. They just put up thirty points. Give them some time. They're all right. Um, yeah, he also took a delay of game on purpose because he said his kicker liked kicking from a little farther away better. Yeah, that that, that was dumb, but at the same time, <laughs> you have to expect that the NFL kicker can make, what was it, a 34-yarder? Um, it was in the 40s, I want to say. Yeah. All right, ice cream versus park. Tough decision at the quarterback uh, position for ice cream this week. He's got Rivers against Miami, and he's got Dak against New Orleans. Dak's been the hot hand. Um, Dak's been the top fantasy quarterback this year, but Phil Rivers has the JV Dolphins. So who would you play at quarterback this week if you were ice cream? Dak. Oh. I'd play Dak. What? You're saying what? Yeah. The guy like uh, what do you like why would that be a question? Uh, Dak's been incredible. Yeah. But why are we not playing him? Okay. Um Dak's played the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins. The schedule yeah. all like the reason Zeke didn't have any leverage during his holdout was because of how easy their schedule was in the first three weeks. The Saints actually play a little bit of defense compared to those other three teams. We were just talking about how Arians' offense you – know, we're like, oh, Arians. Arians just put up 30 on the Giants. Like, and the Giants were the best defense that he's played so far. Like let's not let's not get crazy on Dak Rivers. A hundred percent is the play against. I don't even know if you can consider an NFL defense with what the Dolphins are playing. So here's my concern. Um, <clears throat> right now, in Spears's flex one spot is Rashad Penny. Um, didn't practice yesterday. I haven't seen an update today as to whether or not Penny's practiced, but if he has to go out and pick someone up um, to play that flex one spot, if Penny can't go, the only person that he can really drop would be Phil Rivers, I think. So I would play Rivers this week, but I also wouldn't wouldn't let that hold me hostage. I would drop Rivers to pick up someone in that flex one if Penny can't go. All right, uh, Beachman Park, are you guys surprised that this early in the season, um, Sheriff pulled the trigger, dropped Baker Mayfield, and picked up Daniel Jones to play quarterback this week? 
Um, not really. I think uh, Daniel Jones has a really good matchup this week, and Mayfield's shown that he's just kind of an average NFL quarterback. He's not really anything special. So I think he's just going to play the hot hand. He's going to be a waiver wire quarterback and all, all the rest of the way. <clears throat> yeah. No, normally I disagree with cause on every topic, but Shane, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on, on Baker. And that's because look, not, not nothing wrong with Daniel Jones. He showed great promise last week, but this Browns offense I know they looked bad the, the, the first three weeks or they didn't look what you would want to get out of a quarterback in, in, in fantasy. But this Browns thing was – it was always going to work later in the season. I would not have dropped Baker thus far. If I didn't have Deshaun Watson, I'd pick Baker up right now. They're going to really hit fire on all cylinders, not this week, but – the, the, the next few, I, I think Bayer comes back and he's a top seven, top eight, definitely QB one play rest of year. And I, I want to build on him this quick. Um, I can't say I'm a huge fan of either of these guys. I guess I, I like Jones. I like what he brings to the table with Saquon being out. I think Jones is definitely by the end of the season going to be startable in this league. Um, but I'd have a really hard time cutting bait on Baker. I think um, that Sunday night game against the Rams, not only was he in the spotlight for how poorly he played, but Freddie Kitchens did some things that just shouldn't ever be done on a football field as far as that coach. <laughs> and I think they're all going to have to clean it up just because everyone is specifically watching them now. Like, Freddie Kitchens, if he keeps this up, he won't have a job. Fourth and nine from the 40, and he ran a halfback draw with a chance to take the lead against the best one of the best teams in the NFC, and he ran a draw. And then they get inside the five. He runs five wide, four plays in a row with three timeouts. And, and then to make it worse, he doesn't use any of those timeouts because he doesn't run the ball. And on the fourth down play, he burns one of those timeouts when if they wouldn't have gotten the fourth down, they would be able to call three timeouts and get the ball back with a chance to score. He just completely botched that game. And McVay wasn't much better, but Kitchen stinks, and they're all going to have to get better, or none of them are going to have jobs this year after the season. So that's all I have to say. Are you saying McVay's not going to have a job? No, 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 no. Baker and Kitchens. Baker will obviously have a job, but – because McVeigh botched that second half just as much as Kitchens did, it just didn't come down. Like they had, they had one timeout on the final few drives because they kept calling early McVay's, timeout. McVeigh's right? been a C minus this year so far. But, yeah, I mean, he he didn't but, butcher it nearly as much as Kitchens did, and he's obviously going to take heat for the fourth and nine draw. I've never seen anything like that in the NFL, and I I, I tend to agree with you guys. All right, ice cream versus park. Who wins? Ooh. This is a big one for ice cream. He gets the four and zero. That's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, tough to not make the playoffs if you're four and zero. So I'm gonna go with. I think 
give me Abusement Park. Uh, give me the team that shits ice cream. I like these matchups. I'll go with the park, too. I think it's a breakout week for them. Uh, two touchdowns from Will Disley this week. All right. Next game, Mixed Mad Dogs. The highest scoring team in the league against Take Your Ball and Go Home. Shane's team. <laughs> is this uh, is this the last ride for Austin Eckler as an RB1, RB2 uh, with Melvin Gordon returning to camp today? Mm. Yeah. Maybe next week as well. But, yeah, I mean, this is his last last chance to, to really be an RB1. Um, probably still going to have the lion's share next week as, as Gordon gets worked back in. But then I say starting week six is when Gordon takes over. I mean, what, what, what a huge factor for the amusement park, right? I mean, if they can pull it out against Shit's Ice Cream – it's a huge deal. And and I like Eckler as an RB1 this week for sure. I think moving forward, he is going to have some standalone value, probably as a flex one or a flex two. He's not obviously going to be an, an RB1 anymore. So to me, this week, it's his last ride. They're going to ride Gordon as much as they can into the ground because they know they're not keeping him. Yeah, I think it's the last ride for Eckler. I think, like you said, Phil, I agree. I think there's still some uh, value at the flex for him, even after Gordon comes back. And that's mainly just because Hunter Henry's still not there. I think Travis Benjamin's banged up. So it really is just Eckler, Gordon, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. So um, there's still going to be some touches out there for Eckler, but um, Gordon's going to get get it abused pretty good when he comes back. You think it's also it's it's also as juicy of a matchup as you oh could possibly get. Yeah. yeah. I mean if you if Eckler's not in your fan to line up this week you're doing it wrong. Um all right so take your ball and go home. Two word question. Paul Richardson question mark. Yeah um Seems to be getting a lot of targets, and the New York Giants' pass defense is just pathetic. So I figured I'd take a flyer on on Richardson this week. Didn't like any of my matchups. Um, don't really think I'm going to win regardless. Um, pretty sure the Mad Dogs are going to score roughly 150 to 160 points. Um, they have the absolute best matchups you could ever have. Um, I don't know. Just like Richardson, I feel like the – Washington's going to be throwing the ball a lot, and the Giants' pass defense is the worst in the league, so why not? Yeah, feels like teabag's going to get teabagged this week. I actually, considering that, I don't know if Richardson has the upside that you're going to need to, to try and win this week. I almost think John Brown, I mean – I've shared my thoughts on John John Brown before. I I think he's a must play in that spot. But if you want an upside, James Washington, if there was a week that James Washington was going to completely blow up, 
this is the week against the Bengals, and I and I think the Steelers need to make a statement on Monday night. Rudolph loves Washington from his time at Oklahoma State, as every every person knows. I like Richardson might be a good floor, but you're going to need upside to take this matchup. He's definitely not the right play. Um, I'm I'm turning slightly on the Richardson play. Um, I know I, I rode you pretty hard for it uh, before the game, but that Giants pass defense is the worst ever. It's pathetic. Other than the Eagles, it's probably the worst. Um, and McLaren is dealing with some stuff. So if he's not out there, you know, Richardson was the leading receiver Monday night against the Bears. So. They can't run the ball. Keenum's going to be back there chucking it. Someone's got to catch it. So, I, w- I would li- I would like to say, if McLaurin doesn't go, my opinion changes. But it looks like he is going to go, and that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. That's fair. All right, who wins? Mad Dogs versus T-Bag. Shane made his feelings felt already. Yeah, I mean, Mad Dogs, and it's not close. Wilson against the, probably one of the worst defenses. Mack against a terrible defense. Eckler against the worst team in the league. Adams against the worst secondary in the league. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's not even close. Um, Adam, Adams has 19.2 points, and there's eight minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah. And I have three players that have 15 points. <laughs> so, Miles Sanders – not a thing. <laughs> this is the second time I let you talk me into a running back, Phil. You were dead on on the first one, and you were dead wrong, dead wrong on this one. When you say dead wrong, you mean I bid you up for him and you took him? No, I, I knew you were really high on him. Talked me into it. And yeah. He's a- hey, so it sounds like you're taking the Mad Dogs. I was high on him. I wasn't high this season, like this early in the season on him. I thought he was a buy and hold candidate. And week seven, week eight on, he was going to be my guy. Just like I, I think Baker is also that. And I don't think this week's matchup is particularly close. As you mentioned, give me the Mad Dogs. And it's a 30-point victory. Yeah, Mad Dogs, big. Um, all right, next game, Hammer versus Clan. How long can Rev and the Hammer ride out Frank Gore? I know he was a part of our survey question, so it just makes sense that we keep talking about him. Um, he's the RB1 in, in the Hammer backfield. How long can the old man keep this up? Hello, are you guys still there? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, right, I'll jump please. in. Um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like Singletary is, uh, you know, he, he's a limited participant in practice this week. Even if he is a go, they'll, they'll probably continue riding Gore. Now, that's not to say that he's a great play against the Patriots' defense, which is going to be super focused on making Josh Allen throw the football. I think you can still play him this week. Singletary, for me, isn't a play. I don't love him as an RB1, obviously, but um, I 
I, I'd feel okay rolling them out there. Cause, what say you? Um, I I don't think it's a good week for him, but you know, as long as he's on a fairly decent team that's you know moving the ball okay, you know, he's he's gonna get touches. He's fine for Butler's team. It works. I mean, all you're looking for are touches with with the way his team's kind of built. So yeah, I'm all right, I'm alright with Gore. I don't, I don't know if we lost Shane. It sounds okay. like we didn't. All right, we'll keep going then. Um, all right, let's get to the Clans team. It's pretty simple. I just want you to talk about Pat Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, un- unbelievable matchup proof advantage of at least 10 points every single week that he's out there. He's unbelievable. I, I saw a report that he's going to get a $200 million contract in the yes. offseason. It's probably probably undervalued for what he brings, but it's also September and the NFL regular season. Let's see what happens when the weather gets a little bit worse, a little bit colder, but he, he's obviously a phenomenal player. It's, uh yeah, really, really fun watching him on a week-to-week basis. I'm I'm really intrigued to watch this week's matchup um, for a couple reasons. First, he's in a dome, which is awesome. Just you know, think that he doesn't even have any weather to deal with. That's uh, that's just going to be exciting seeing this team play on this fast track. But along with that, if you go back to the Rams last season and the phenomenal you know offensive output that they had through about 12, 11, 12 weeks there was a game that kind of threw them off track and it was the lions. Um, Patricia kind of drew up some kind of scheme that then the bears mimicked and then that the Patriots again mimicked. And those were the three worst offensive outputs of the Rams season. So I'm kind of curious to see what Patricia will draw. Tame Mahomes this week. So I'm, I'm really excited to see, a battle of undefeated teams, uh, Chiefs Lions this week. No, I mean they they should drop nine back in the coverage, circa Rex Ryan versus Tom Brady in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, oh God, I think the I think the Packers just returned a fumble for a touchdown, but um, I don't know why you wouldn't just let the Chiefs run the ball every single day. Yeah. You just sit there with nine D-backs on the field and, you know, let th- let them just continue to hand off. I'm not sure they would, though. You know, Manning and Brady did that because it was the right move. And Manning and Brady didn't have – you know, they had great receivers, okay, like Randy Moss, Wes Welker, those guys were great. Obviously, Marvin Harrison, um, Reggie Wayne, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. They didn't, he didn't, these, those guys didn't have burners like Mahomes has. Like, you can put as many D backs on the field as you want, they're running by them. Like, they're, they're just too fast. I, I know what you're saying about Patricia last year, but at the same time, the Patriots defense got better when Patricia left. So it's like, 
Yeah, he has a, a lot of the knowledge of, of Belichick, and he learned a lot and did a good job coaching the defense there and did a good job last year. I'm not totally sold, just like I'm sure the Lions aren't, on him being a uh, long-term option at head coach. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were not a good defense last year by any means. So, um, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that he's this – Phenomenal defensive mind. It just I'm interested to see what what he draws up. So, and yep. I wouldn't be shocked if if Belichick um, helps him like prepare for these games, or if Belichick calls him and tells him to do something specific yeah. so that he can try and learn how to beat Mahomes because. Everybody was like, the Antonio Brown move, like, what the hell was that? Well, to me, that was Belichick saying, Mahomes is phenomenal. We're going to have to find a way to try and keep up with him in the playoffs because it's going to be a scoring fest. That's why they took the risk on Brown, which obviously didn't work out. I think Mahomes is the biggest thing that Belichick's ever been worried about in the AFC playoff picture. Yes. In his entire tenure there, and that's why they pull the trigger and take risks like Antonio Brown. Yeah, the only other team I think that could even give New England a real run would be, and I say this very loosely, so don't jump all over me, um, the Ravens, just because they can keep New England off the field because they have such long drives because they yeah. they don't really beat you quickly. I mean, that's, that's why the Chiefs probably can't beat the Patriots because they score too quickly. Yeah. Now, if you can keep them off the field and ball control like the Ravens can do, I mean, th- th- look, the Ravens are going to be a really tough team to prepare for, just like Syracuse basketball in the 2-3 zone is really tough to prepare for in the NCAA yeah. tournament. It's so different than what everybody else is doing, and Lamar Jackson gets better every single week. I, I I totally agree with you. All right. I have one more question for you, but let's pick the winner of this game first. Hammer versus Clan. Clan. Yeah, I feel like Clan has uh, karma on their side. I'll take the Clan, too. It's hard to pick the Hammer. I mean, he's put up some good weeks, but it's just hard when you're looking at Gio Bernard and Frank Gore. It's hard, it's hard to pick him. As much as I like Brissett this week at home against Oakland, so – I mean, what, what what's Bernard doing in there? Like, what, what what's Bernard going to do? Well, Bernard's only in there because the Singletary may or may not play. He's going to run the dual Bills backfield if Singletary's playing, which is just how do you, how do you feel good about that? <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's just it's incredible that he has no issues doing it. You know, he's just he's Kev. That's what he does. Um, all right, so my question for you before we get into our game of the week. Apparently, Drew Rosenhaus, Antonio Brown has some suitors after now deciding he wants to play in the NFL again. Who, who could that possibly be? Multiple sort of suitors. <laughs> yeah. Saw. Multiple. Who could possibly I- want to be in on this circus? I don't know who's going to be able to work around his Central Michigan class schedule because I saw that, and he's not going to be able to practice no, at all. those aren't one-on-one classes he's taking either. Those are some high-level stuff. Yeah, that's going to take some time out of the classroom. Oh, God. Maybe the Bengals are one of the teams. I have to think it's a bluff, though. 
there's no one that's actually actually in on this, right? Like I was still I was still thinking it's the Eagles. I was still actually considering that. Yeah, it's got to be a locker room that could tolerate something like that, and some of the circus. Peter Peterson could do it. It might it, it might be the Eagles, especially considering all the all of the injuries that they've had. Though it looks like they're a little bit healthier this week. I, I don't. You know. know what though? Now that I think about it, there's one team that this makes a lot of sense for. There's only one jackass in the NFL bigger than Antonio Brown. And that's Dan Snyder. Yeah. Washington, like, that makes so much sense. But, I mean, whoever (laughs) takes him on, I mean, and Washington has taken on a lot of Steeler players previously. Um, Whoever takes him on is going to have to swallow the suspension, right? So, whatever that is, say it's two games, four games, they're not a playoff contender. So it's it's hard. Like to me, you're going to take the risk on if you're a playoff contender and, and trying to make the next step. I I get what you're saying, and Snyder's obviously the worst owner in the league. But it's not close either. Yeah, I, I it, it would be tough for me to. I mean, the more we talk about it, the more I feel like there are multiple suitors, and they are some of these teams, <laughs> but they're they're not going to give them the guaranteed money. Yeah. And they're not going to make a commitment like to him. You're just sitting here like, oh, yeah, Miami would sign him. Yeah, yeah. Ten- Tennessee would sign him. Yeah, of course. You know, like. But at the same time, it makes a ton of sense for him to be the face of the XFL. Oh, yeah. He's not going to He's not gonna get the same money, but you make a whole league about him. He He would love that. He, uh, he loves him some him. All right, let's get into the game of the week. Papa Cause versus Baby Cause. How to do it. Um, both teams one and two, neither of us want to get to one and three. It's not a good place to be in. Um, so far Carson Wentz not really lighting it up for me. Um, but let's talk about Papa Cause's team first. You know, this guy is near and dear to my heart and no, I'm not talking about my father, although he is near and dear to my heart, but Tyler Lockett, is he a top play this week? Top what? Oh, let's say top 10 at Arizona. I I don't have him as a top 10. Um, I think he's a strong wide receiver, too, in like that 15 to 20 range. But I I, I like some of the normal names you'd expect as a wide receiver one. I even like Godwin and Evans both from Tampa Bay as a wide receiver one this week. He's a strong play, but not that high for me. I love all Seattle pass catchers this week. I want them all. So, he may not be top 10, but I think he finishes either wide receiver one or just outside, you know, the wide receiver one range this week. I feel like you might be able to get him cheap if you wanted to in a trade. Mm. No. Just judging by history. No, it's not. It's not the right time. Um, all right. So we started our podcast kind of with a question on if we were concerned on a player that was Travis Kelsey. We have to end on a question. Are you concerned? Are we concerned with Robert Woods? 
he almost didn't do it last week for you. Yeah. You know, it, it, it looks it looks like it's gonna be run through Cup and, and Cooks if last week is any indication. I have some concerns as as a wide receiver one being rolled out this week. That being said, the the schedule opens up significantly for the Rams this week and the following weeks. I I think you see how this week goes, and if he doesn't perform, then I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not feeling warm and fuzzy about it. Um, it's interesting. I think Cooks is the most talented of the Rams receivers. Um, I think Cup is the most important one to the to the Rams' success. He's just really impressive. Um, and the other thing about Cup is, um, I don't know if you guys know this, Jared Goff stinks. Um, and he really can only throw to a wide open first read and the routes that cup runs, he just tends to be open more easily and right in front of Goff's eyes because he just runs across the middle. So cup gets a ton of action because Goff literally can't do much else than throw him. Um, he reminds me a lot of Winston yeah. where, before he lines up, he gets told who he's going to throw yep. to. And then if that's not there, he doesn't know yes, what to do. It's not good. Um, but I think Robert Woods is the best, like, all around um, in terms of he gives them that jet sweep play. He's an awesome, phenomenal blocker um, in the running game that they just refuse to establish. And then <laughs> um, he's obviously a good receiver, too. But I just think that they're in a real funk offensively. I can't figure it out if they don't break out this week and absolutely destroy Tampa Bay and put up 30, 40 points on them. I'm going to be concerned about all my Rams shares. So what, what, what do you think it is exactly? Because the offensive line girl, like my criticism of Gurley, I actually think Gurley's looked okay for the first three weeks. But he hasn't had anything to run through with that offensive line. I don't. I don't understand how the offensive line went so good last year. To, I mean, they're below average this year, and they're not opening anything in the running game, and they're not opening anything for the screen pass game. What, like, what, what, what do you think is going on? Do you think Belichick gave every like the rest of the NFL the blueprint on on how to play the Rams? Um, it, it's it's a simple yet complex offense because they run a lot of the same plays out of the same set. I'm curious for your take. Yeah, on so, um, I think Gurley has looked fine running the ball, you know. But with that being said, I think he looks fine with of us all us all having the expectation that he wouldn't be fine. He looks better than I think we anticipated. He does not look like the same mm-hmm. time really, though. I will admit that. He looks like he's playing at 80%, like he's playing not to get hurt, like he's playing to just keep something in the tank. Like he's just not going balls to the wall. Um, and they must have strict orders to just not throw him the football anymore. So I th- I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but I think, they're just trying to make golf a better quarterback. And they're, uh, McVay knows that he's not going to have Todd Gurley in two years. 
but he's going to have McVeigh or Goff for probably the rest of his tenure in in L.A. So he has to make this work. Um, and the only I also wonder if it's a little bit of a load management, right? Well, like they ran him into the ground so many times that maybe they learned a little bit, and that's that's what I was kind of thinking going into the year that, hey, it doesn't really matter to have him healthy in the first few weeks as long as you're winning. You need to make sure he's there for the playoffs. Yeah, totally, and there's a definitely a thing to that, but I saw some frustration in McVeigh last week um, with Jared Goff during that game. When they when Goff would come over to the sidelines, McVeigh looked like he was going to rip his start out, like he was not happy with him. Um, and then Monday in McVeigh's press conference, he said he wants to get Gurley 25 carries in a game. Like, that's that's his goal, to get Todd going and get him 25 carries a game. No, well, obviously, we can't believe that because McVay is the biggest liar, liar, pants on fire in the NFL. Um, so, but it's, it's, which, which is how most, most coaches yes, are like. But that. it's interesting right. to me that he's kind of moved off of this you know, Todd's fine, but we want him to be with us for the whole year thing, too. Like, I wonder if he's almost like, enough is enough. Like, I can't do this right now with this dude this year. Like, I got to just get this guy going. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I, and just the other point I wanted to make about the offensive line, they did lose their center and their right guard in the offseason. So, um, yeah, obviously, that, that hurts. So, yeah, they're, they're not controlling the line of scrimmage like no. they were where you can put C.J. Anderson back there and he's going to blow everything up. It doesn't matter who they have back there. Malcolm Brown hasn't gotten as many carries as we thought They're also not running play action. Like, that that was what changed last year. They kept running the play action plays, but teams weren't reacting to the play action anymore, and that's when things changed for them offensively. So I think um, McVay's trying to make Goff a drop-back passer, and it's just not – it's not a thing. It can't – it's not going to work. Well, if you're starting to run the ball, you can't run play action, right? Um, but I'll, I'll say for your matchup in particular, I know you were worried about Wentz. Wentz has 16 through the first half. Yeah, he just threw a touchdown. He's, he just threw a touchdown. He, he's going to be fine. You'll probably end up getting 25 or 30 from him. So you gotta like that, and you gotta like that out of your quarterback position. Yeah, I would be happy with that. So, all right, you got it. Oh, sorry. Who wins, Papa Cos versus Baby Cos? I'll take Baby. <laughs> no, no reason not to. I would take myself as well because there's no reason not to. Um, I was surprised, and I do agree with it. As long as Damian Williams is out. Um, Sonny Michelle's got to get out of the lineup for my dad. I I don't know what happened there. Um, and now that Devlin is out for the year, that's really not good for Sonny. Yeah, it's it, it's tough because you've got Burkhead. Burkhead was a good pickup for him because he's gonna be yeah. he's gonna be a guy now that Devlin's you know not out there. Yeah. No, I mean I I agree with. Uh, Keep both of them on the bench. Let, 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 let's see what happens. As long as Damian Williams doesn't play this week, throw Darrell out there. Let's see what happens with the Patriots game script this week, and and if Michelle gets some more. There's there's something weird going on that I don't understand that I'm sure will surface in a few weeks. But for the time being, let, let's let's keep it as is. All right, Eagles just got a fumble. Carson might score more in the first nice. half. 
Um, and just to clarify, I'm, when I say Devlin's out, I don't like that for Sony, and I like that for Burkhead. I would say it's not a touchiest thing with James Devlin, but um, you alluded last week to Sony Michelle not being able to make guys miss. So without him having his, you know, all pro blocking fullback in front of him, making that first free, you know, defender, you know, putting him on his back, Michelle's really struggled this year. So, and Burkhead just is more dynamic. He can do more things and the Patriots are more multiple when Burkhead's on the field. So, Obviously, I wasn't talking about touches of the devil, and I just wanted to kind of address that. Yeah, no, I, it's one of those things. And, and he got bit with it last year with, with Jordan Howard. We had all these offseason reports saying Michelle was going to catch more passes out of the backfield. Yeah. And everything from the scouts, everybody said Michelle's a top play. And it just, for whatever reason, he has been, frankly, terrible yeah. this season. So wait and see. Give him a week. Give him two weeks. See what happens. If not, I'd, I'd probably try and flip him and see what kind of value he has still in the league. Yeah, I uh, I, I can't disagree with that. So, all right, you got anything else for week four, Phil? No, I mean I'll continue to say, and I've I've said this before. It's been an awesome league. People are still engaged with the waiver wire. Despite what Shane says, it's still the waiver 12 o'clock hour is and it's so much fun. I love doing waivers this way. It's so much better than waking up and seeing who you got. This is an, an awesome league to be a part of, and, and, and I'm happy to be in it. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I like the waivers. I've gotten good feedback from the league so far on it. So, um, you know, 12 o'clock, I wouldn't say is necessarily the ideal time. It's just what we have to do because it's Sundays. So, yep. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of what's been a good uh, Thursday night matchup so far. Uh, Eagles are definitely playing desperate, you know, looking, looking like they really need this win. Um, and, you know, the Packers are still showing that they're a pretty good team, too. So, oh, Jordan Howard. Oh, man. Five. Oh, he's down, down at the one. All right. Well, thanks, Phil. I appreciate it. Sorry that Shane couldn't finish with us. We'll figure out what's going on at his end and hopefully get it addressed for next week. And, uh, yeah, good luck in week four, everyone. And we will talk next week to look forward to week five, the end of divisional play of the first half of divisional play. All right. See you. See, see All everybody. Right.